Hello and welcome to the Coast to Coast Expanded Universe. The craft dwarf ship is of the highest quality. It menaces with spikes of petrified wood. It is inlaid with large tourmaline cabochons. It is ornamented with dog, uh, beak dog bone inlay. On it, in bauxite, is the image of Gavril, Neff, and Kevin. Hello. The frog, LB Forge Road, the gleaming brilliances of dash bolts, looks on in disgust. This references the start of episode 182. Gavril makes a niche joke in the intro, in which Gavril was exiled for making a joke about Dwarf Fortress in the introduction during the year 2023. Hello and welcome to episode 182 of the Coast to Coast Defender Juris Podcast Show. My name, of course, is Gavril, the dominant voice because i don't shut the fuck up these of course are my lovely friends and co-hosts kevin hello and neff hi i the war fortress came out during our break so i of course had to make a dwarf forge dwarf fortress reference in the uh um fucking crash is already starting he knows how to fucking set me off here already so you could fuck right off crash um it is episode 182. It is the new year. It is 2023, our very first show of the year. I hope everybody's holidays were good. Um, everybody have good holidays? Sure. Yeah. Sure. They were days. Um, and so, fun fact, this was supposed to be our first episode with Chris back, but he suddenly has to take care of his knee of his... Of of his sister's kids, so he is. That not would be his nieces. Today. Yep, yep, his nieces. Oh, and Crash uh, got COVID. Not that's a good Christmas gift. Oh yeah, it's a great Christmas gift. Um, so yeah, so we will not be having Chris this week. Uh, we are hoping to have him back soon. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, so uh, I hope, like I said, I hope everybody's holidays went well. I was under the weather through the holidays myself, so. Uh, it was not great. It was not super fun for me. I have a medical bill incoming at some point that I still have not received yet more than two weeks later, so I'm always nervous about those. Yeah. As you should be. That, yeah, that's going to be real fun to figure that one out. Yay for payment plans. Um, so, Kevin, how have your last couple of weeks been? Or last month and a half, I would actually dare to say. Month, yeah. month and a half. Well, there, a lot has happened in the course of a month and a half. Um, I have to start off by saying that I got married. So yeah, yeah. Oh, Congratulations again. All right, you're gonna keep fucking milking it, Kevin. You're just gonna keep milking it. Got some, got some bling. Um, wait, let me see. I wasn't looking. What material do you know going with? Silicone, actually. Oh yeah, that's right. You mentioned that silicone. Yeah, yeah. it's a, uh, it's a good choice. It's a good choice. It's not conductive, so it won't blow up or electrocute you further yes yes that's that is a good thing um but yeah, yeah. i the one that Same. i got i'm kind of like i'm a quarter size i'm like between half sizes mm -hmm. and they don't really make quarter sizes so you have to get those custom made yeah you have to yeah. get a 
for a quarter size, you have to go get custom work done. And that just gets real expensive real fast. Exactly. So silicon so. was, and it was very cheap and I'm grateful for that. The, um, the company that I went with was called Enso ENSO and they have mm-hmm. a very good return policy and they'll, they'll just like give you a new one if it ever breaks or gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. So um, oh, cool. not about this is, yeah, this is my original wedding band. This started off as rose gold. Mind you, oh boy, it was rose gold yeah. clad tungsten. Okay, but I'm I'm a very I'm a very I, I'm very tactile. I mess with my hands a lot, so I it it there's no longer any rose gold on this ring. I had to take it off though for work mm-hmm. because guess what tungsten does Conducts under electrical? Oh no, guess what it does under electrical load? What's that? Explodes. <laughs> oh shit yeah okay then so i have a silicone ring nowadays there you go <laughs> you just you mentioned the silicone and i remembered that and i was just like yeah that's yeah. why i no longer wear my re- my wedding band it's also where i why i no longer wear my steel ring yeah they um they have a lot of cool patterns and stuff too like you can go ultra nerdy and get like star wars and lord of the rings and all different kind of rings made and my- tons of colors and whatnot my, my mine was 12 bucks on amazon that's also a good deal there you go yeah it's just a cheap silicon ring i just needed something to keep on my finger because i'm used to having my wedding ring on yeah so yeah that happened um yeah and then i've been playing a lot of valheim with you guys since did, mm-hmm. did we even have the server started when we recorded the show last? we were getting ready to start the server back up that weekend we hadn't yet wow yeah okay so we've been playing for just over a month yeah yeah we've been playing a lot of alheim then um (laughs) lots of alheim so it's i guess we'll get into we don't have to get into all the alheim stuff now but it's been fun and did some dmz with l or with uh, nath and uh gav here that was Mm -hmm. fun too hopefully we can get some more in today i'm i'm excited about that um and and dmz has been super fun i i really like that game mode i don't think it's too sweaty it's not like tarkov at all um you don't have to like creep around corners the entire time so enjoyed that uh played betrayal on tabletop simulator which was super Mm -hmm. fun we used the new game set rules um which I think is fine. It's faster and it's fine. It's faster paced. I liked the older style where it kind of took a little bit longer to play the game, but I do I do see the appeal of the faster paced uh gameplay in the newer edition. I do mm-hmm. see the appeal of it. Yeah. Cuz yeah, I do they, like games can get drawn out. Yeah, I do like the the um I like the more I like the official stance of being able to change who the traitor is because our first game of betrayal third edition was with Kevin's new wife and she's never played betrayal before. And she of course was the traitor. So I took over traitor duties because that's an official rule. Now I took over traitor duties and beat the ever living dog shit out of everybody else. That was just, I don't know if I like that particular scenario. It was kind it's a of... good scenario. It's a good scenario. The problem is, is that 
<laughs> she had dropped down into the basement by herself, so I was in the basement by myself, and my wind condition required me to basically be left alone. Yeah, and just for four turns the for, house. Four yeah. Yeah, for four consecutive turns, I just had to be left alone. I was just like, okay, knock yourself out, guys. I'm okay with this. Yeah, and then LB like didn't come to help. So anyway. Um, yeah, that was it. The, um, the game of loaded questions that I played was actually our wedding day. Like after we got yep. married and had food, we all like sat around the table and played loaded questions and it was funny. I'll tell you guys a story off air because it's not, <laughs> I can't repeat it on air, but it was funny. So yeah, good times. Good to hear. That's all. Yep. <clears throat> all right. Um, <clears throat> I'll jump into mine real quick. Um, I've mostly just been playing Dwarf Fortress. I've got like a 80 hours, 90 hours in the uh, Steam release. Um, I, of course, have thousands and thousands and thousands of hours in the original free release because I've been playing this game off and on for 15 years, like 2009, like a couple of years after it came out. <clears throat> I've been playing this game off and on for yeah, close to 15 years at this point. Um, I have many thousands of hours in the game. I proudly will always tell people that I have, um, um, that I have, I've donated to Bay 12 and Tarn and Zach Adams before. I, I've, I've taken my money and I've given them PayPal donations in the past because I love this game that much. Uh, myself and Seth, uh, Sephiroth, a uh, friend of the show, as Kevin likes to say, um, may we both bought this game the second it released <clears throat> because, yeah, giving more money to the Adams Brothers is something I want to do because this game is one of my favorite games on the planet. <clears throat> so nice. uh, I've just been playing a absolute crap load of Dwarf Fortress. Uh, I played a little bit of Valheim with the folks, with y'all, uh, a little bit of Dota with LB. We're getting back into that because, you know, Valheim came out and we missed basically the entire last half of the battle pass. So that was real fun. Um, not quite the whole half, but a big healthy chunk of the battle pass. Um, I finished new game plus eight in rogue legacy, which is required to get the true ending to the game. And I finally got that. I don't know how much more rogue legacy I'm going to play because there is a lot of options that you can customize the game with. We'll see. Um, a little bit of DMZ with Neth, and that's about it, really. <clears throat> Are you playing Rogue Legacy with controller or keyboard? Controller. Controller. 100% controller. Nice. 150% controller. I'm not playing a platformer with, with, with mouse and keyboard. At least mm -hmm. that kind of platformer uh. with mouse and keyboard. Yeah. I do. I have played plenty of mouse and keyboard uh, platformers. Uh, Cave Story. One of my another one of my favorite games, a little indie game. Um, I've, I played that with mouse and keyboard originally because that's the only way it was supported was mouse and keyboard unless you remapped controllers but yeah um <clears throat> and i'll play both kinds it's whatever i'll play with mouse and keyboard or controller it doesn't matter to me neff did you ever get into like platformers or like um roguelites what do you mean like play those types of games so most roguelites 
by nature are not platformers. They're two separate genres. I was just going to um, say, aren't yeah. they different things? <laughs> so there are, there are a lot of, there are a lot of roguelites that have roguelites or roguelikes. Cause those are two completely different things. Light L I T E and like L I K E uh, rogue legacy is a roguelike, not a roguelite. Um, a lot of roguelikes have platforming elements. A lot of the more modern ones have platforming elements. So dead cell, dead cells, um, rogue legacy. Um, that Noita, I think has up and down a couple others. Um, this is not Neth's. This, this, this genre is not Neth's genres. So <clears throat> I'm waiting for you to name a game that I've either a heard of or B played. <laughs> yeah. I haven't hit one yet. I know, and that's uh, fine, because I, I know this is not your genre. I, I know based on your play styles and everything, this is not your genre. Okay. So the, the rogue light... Also, you, say, oh. you say platformer, I think like old-school Mario. Yeah, I get what you're saying there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them look like that. Well, like, kind of that platformer <laughs> look and feel. Well, that's... then, And that's... The, the modern games have, like, that Metroidvania um... Okay, the, the, I'll, be, I'll be said in host Hades. Yes, I, play, I played Hades. Hades has no platforming. Hades is a rogue... It's also a rogue light. It's also isometric <laughs> and not 2D. It's an isometric, yeah. It's not played on a 2D plane, but yeah. Uh, that's a game that she's at least heard of, though. No, I played it. That's, that's what I mean, is that this is yeah. a game you've at least... You, you have some familiarity with compared yeah. to the ones that I've listed off. Hmm. Did you play uh, Hades with a controller or with mouse and keyboard? I I played it with a controller, but so if Diablo Four has controller support, are you going to play with controller, mouse and keyboard? It depends. Hmm. It depends on how the controller support is, right? Yeah. It also depends on if I'm playing it on my Xbox or if I'm playing it on my computer. That's true. Yeah, I find I like mouse and keyboard for isometric games like that, but I don't know. Anyway, I don't know why I'm on that today. That's all good. But um, the the rogue like is the one where it like when you die, you don't completely start from scratch, right? Like you get power ups and yeah, like rogue likes. Well, okay, so some rogue lights do have like a persistent system like that, also, mm-hmm. but. There's there are some differences between them that I can't exactly I can't exactly elaborate on because I don't strictly know and the community doesn't even strictly know. Okay. What the difference between a rogue like and a rogue light is. That is a constant mm-hmm. series of arguments. Right. Okay. So the 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 rogue like the rogue like is the one where it's like when you die you don't start yeah you don't have any systems to help you like do the next run right yeah did, did, did i not just say that i can't enumerate yeah. it because the community doesn't agree mm-hmm. I, okay just making sure my point is is that i like the ones where they do have the systems in between so that you can kind of like power up and the next time through you feel like you're a little bit more equipped to do better the next time I'm just harassing you a little bit, Kevin. Okay. Yeah. So th- some of the major elements, you know, are, are is a persistent growth system versus a non-persistent growth mm-hmm. system. So yeah. y- that a lot of people consider that to be a roguelike 
quality uh, versus a roguelite <laughs> quality. I like what Crash just said. He says roguelites rogue lights roguelite. are ones that have 20% fewer calories. <laughs> Uh, they're also they also have a NutraSweet. Can't wow. forget the NutraSweet. Oh, um, that stuff has such an awful aftertaste. Yeah. See, I'm a sweet and low man. So, did it, Gavril? Did anyone go back and make like Super Mario Brothers like a Rogue Light or yes. Rogue Like? They did. Yes, they have. Yes, oh, there's 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 ROM hacks. There's ROM hacks of Super Mario Rogue Likes out there all over the place. You'll find them. Okay. <laughs> That I mean, there's an argument that there's an argument that can be stated that Mar- Super Mario Brothers is a roguelike anyways. Yeah, because you you Except get three that lives it, and then you die and then you have to start over again. Yeah, but the problem is there's not like it's not a randomly generated world. But there there are people yeah. that do make the argument that, well, Super Mario Brothers is like a roguelike in its own way. You know, why aren't they Super Mario likes then? Because it's not a roguelike because <laughs> roguelite because Rogue was a game. Right, I know. <laughs> Rogue was a game that set the standard for the genre, and that's what everybody else compares. That's what roguelite and roguelike descends from, is comparisons to Rogue. And other okay. similar mud-type games like NetHack and things like that. I see. So, Neb, how's your mouth been? Great. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> My crown um, crashed. Oh. oh no, it's back. Right. Um, as mentioned, Valheim with you guys, Warzone, Normal, and DMZ with you guys. Um, Slay the Spire on my own, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I picked up in the Steam Winter Sale for like thirteen dollars. So been playing that. Um. The I can't think of the name of it on the console with the dude that voices Rick and Morty and oh uh, high on life. Thank you. Um, still slowly playing through that. Um, Will wanted me to play Division. Um, wow. So I'm playing that, but I'm not allowed to kill people. What? Oh, yeah. What are you talking? Wait, are you? That's just something you guys are doing for fun, like some kind of a different game mode challenge. Well, no, there's there's different ways you can go through the story. There's there's actual options for every boss that you have to do to either kill them or take them out an alternate way. You just have to find out what the alternate way is. So in uh, one case, like in one case, you can kill the guy or you can brand his face, which basically forces him out of his religious order. And so that he's therefore not a threat because he's no longer a part of the religious order. I'm uh, getting about Metal Gear Solid. <sighs> no, the division. She's talking about the division. Are you still talking about the division, that. Death? Mm-hmm. Tom Clancy's The Division? No, I'm not. But, oh fuck! Am I saying the wrong game name? Hold you are on. you are saying the wrong I game because I'm pretty certain am. that's not in Tom Clancy's The Division. <laughs> Look, <laughs> wait a second. I'm sick. I feel like crap. Leave me the fuck alone. I think she is actually playing Far Cry, Kevin. No, it's not Far Cry. It's not Far Cry. That sounds no. like Far Cry to me. It, it does starts, sound like Far Cry. It starts with a D, and I don't want to. Dishonored. That's it. Okay, you playing Dishonored. Okay, that's, that's fine. it. That's that's a very interesting game. The speed runs in that game are ridiculous. 
if you get it, like I'm not even kidding. Like, if, if, okay, I mean, you don't if, if I can kill everything, I I can speed run the shit out of it. And just oh, yeah. because I'm going through and trying to not get a chaos ending. You're, you're, yeah, you're trying not to get the chaos ending, and that's yeah. fine. I get that. I understand that the chaos endings are kind of. Yeah, the chaos endings aren't great. So yeah, so that was. Will was like, you have to play this, but you have to do this, and I was like, okay. So. Um, I've got a few kills because, um, we thought there were certain things that you could kill that didn't count to the chaos ending, then found out that they do count to the chaos ending, so then I had to stop killing them. Um, so I'm kind of, it's much towards chaos, but like not enough that it's actually gonna fuck your ending. Affect it, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that and yeah work because i was working during the holidays so that's it and you guys keep talking there's no emails to go over and okay all right that's gonna bop off for a minute and kevin uh go ahead and tell me about the countries that we've been dealing with yeah we we have countries that listen to the show well not countries yeah, whole ass countries. countries. It's, it's, it's a it's a whole ass anthropomorphized country, right? It always amazes me that we have people who continue to listen to the show in different countries outside the U.S. And I like to share that information with you. So we had people listening from the U.S., Australia, Germany, Canada, and South Africa over the past month, which is surprising since we put out zero shows <laughs> over the past thirty days. So yep. there's that. But yeah, thank you for your ongoing support, whoever the fuck you are, um, because no one ever writes into the show or interacts with us. So um, it is what I, it is. Our email addresses have changed recently, and we are still on the same Twitter accounts. So you can find us there or, you know, write us, drop us a line via the new email, which Gav will go over at the end of the show. Maybe. And it's feedback at coast to coast EU.com. We don't. We don't give a shit what your feedback is. Well, it's not to say we won't like your feedback if you send it. I just don't give a shit what the feedback is. But we enjoy all feedback, positive or negative. Fucking call me out. Ask me to fight IRL. I'm from Texas. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I eat at Waffle House at 2 a.m. I don't give a fuck what you say. You know what I heard about recently? The Waffle House Challenge. Do you ever hear about that? No, I have not. So, okay, so this is a you have to go to Waffle House and spend 24 hours at Waffle House. But for every waffle you eat, you could subtract 1 hour from that time. Okay, that's interesting. So, how many how many waffles do you think you would be able to eat <laughs> to be able to I'm thinking like I, I could mean, probably do like 3 or 4. I'm, I'm, I can three or four, my dude. Okay. Now is this individual they're, waffles or is this big plates waffle. of waffles? They're like, it's like a plate size waffle. Like I could probably eat six or seven of them. There you go. Okay. At minimum, minimum six or seven. <laughs> I, I am, I am Kevin. You got to remember my dude. I, <clears throat> even though my metabolism is starting to slow down, I actually have a pretty high metabolism. So I used to eat three and four thousand calories a day when I worked at Target because I was moving so fucking much. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> I could probably eat a waffle every. I think I could safely eat a waffle every every hour. So you know, yeah. twelve waffles total over the course of twelve hours. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, but yeah, that would that would be an interesting thing to try with friends. I mean, you don't want to go take a crap in a Waffle House bathroom. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> just warning you at this current juncture, yeah. you do not want to take a crap in a Waffle House bathroom. I I am reminded from the chat room that we had too many lists already this show. So that's LBC back. I don't think we've had a fucking list yet. We've talked about what we've done. Yeah. LB's just being a troll. That's true. And Crash says he likes to give feedback during the live recording and finds it fun when we look down and frown because he has a bad joke. Yes, yes. We, I, I did forget to mention that That's we do me. have people who give feedback by showing up to Twitch and we appreciate all of you who do that. We try not to break the the Twitch wall too frequently during recordings because, you know, we'd like for people to just enjoy the show as it is. But at the same time, we do uh, appreciate everybody that pops in and uh, gives us any feedback during the shows or uh, communicates with us. So it's always nice. Um, Let's go ahead and just jump straight down into some of the news articles we were going to talk about. Um, There's been a lot of shit that's gone on. Yeah. Um, There's been a lot of shit that's gone on the last month that we don't really have the time, energy or inclination to cover. Yeah, but well, there are last, a couple things that some folks did want to talk. Last year, we made a decision, a conscious decision, to only talk about shit that we give a shit about, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. we're never going to talk about everything, and yep. there's plenty of ways to Google gaming news articles and get that. I think we just want to talk about the stuff that we find interesting and mm-hmm. things that we feel are important to cover. So, um. I wanted to start off this week by maybe getting into some Mislands impressions since we've spent a fuck ton of time playing Mislands. And if if LB knew how much or if LB knew what Steam is telling me about how much he's played Valheim recently, he would probably not want that information to be made public. LB, LB don't care. LB and I both play this. L, let's be frank and honest. Let's be totally honest here. LB and I are probably the ones that play the, the game the most. <clears throat> That's and it's not because of a lack of choice on y'all's part i know you've got a lot of stuff and you're on a completely different time zone than he and i are yeah no i so i've he, been able to play a fair amount of two um but it's all good yeah it's it's just like yeah lb and i just kind of jump in and we just kind of go nuts and we work on big projects and do stupid things <clears throat> which yeah, we would the, love to do with everybody else but mm-hmm. it I doesn't think, always work out that way that's true. Uh, starting off, stuff that they changed in Mislands and the Mislands themselves. Um, the okay, the thing that I like now, about it is for reference. Yeah. Okay, for reference, folks, you have to understand. We stopped playing before Hearth and Home came out, so we played like two years ago and then stopped like two years ago. Yeah. So we came back to like a year and a half worth of updates to the game, right? Which was technically like two updates. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So I don't know. Some of the stuff that I say is probably going to be hearth and home shit because there was a lot of cooking stuff. There there may be some stuff in hearth and home, but I think I think just going over everything that has happened since we stopped playing is fair. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So 
first of all, the Mistlands, a lot of it is very mountainous and the terrain is challenging to navigate. Yes. You're going up and down giant mountains and having to like basically yeah, like rock climbing type bullshit. of yeah. techniques. Like needing to find ledges to stop at and rest at and then going further yep. regenning stamina. It, it, to me, it kind of feels like an artificial limitation to kind of like slow you down through the Mistlands, which is kind of annoying it's, to me. Yes. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. It's a total it's totally not needed. It makes it not fun to have to jump around on fucking rocks all the time. Because what you want to do is fight baddies and you want you want to, you know, get into engagements and go to dungeons and stuff. And it just makes navigating the Mistlands really annoying. Um so I'm not really a fan of that. The how hard it is has already been toned down and I still think it's pretty hard. And you can get knocked around by some of the creatures that are there and you really have to pay attention to your health and um hope you like fighting things on cliffs and yeah. slopes. Yeah. Yeah, Elby was mentioning that he was watching a video where a guy was demonstrating how to use a, a new weapon that's available and the first thing that he did was level the ground in front of the monster that he's fighting because it's just the terrain is such an annoying factor of the dog shit yeah so yeah it that was that was crazy but um the other thing is the mist itself and needing to put down these like lamps so that you can part the mist and that kind of makes it annoying too um i don't know i I'm not I'm not as upset about that, but inside of buildings, I think it's kind of useless to, or having to put like those lamps inside of buildings is annoying. I just hide them inside of walls. OK, if that works, then why not? Yeah, no. Yeah, 100 percent. Don't don't do um, uh, four sticks. There mm-hmm. are lamps hidden inside of the walls on every level. Interesting. OK, all over the place. Yeah. That's cool. It creates a little sparkle effect off of the wall, but otherwise it does exactly what it needs to do. That's good. Um, Magic. I haven't really got into any of the magic stuff, but LB is, and that you just do a shit ton of damage with that shit. Like, he can just rain fire, but um, I, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. I do want to get into some of that stuff. It is kind of expensive, like to be able to make some of this stuff, it's like you have to get this to make this to make that, and then you can actually make like a magic wand or something. But so I don't think we really have enough ether to do that yet, or maybe we do now. I don't know. Uh, we have more than enough ether. We have enough ether to go around. Okay. If you want to go make some wands and play around with the magic stuff. Yeah. So I still have yet to play with that, but it creates yet another category of food that you have to make in order to get mana so that you have to eat the food to get the mana to be able to cast spells and okay i mean that's that's fine i think that lb is going a little bit overboard on the mana food though he's (laughs) he's getting one shot left and right and blaming me because i i can't protect him but i can't protect you if you have less health than you get you take him on hit but anyway a glass cannon they do a lot of damage that's the whole point i would like a fourth stomach slot honestly to be able to two and two food you know two food two stamina or two health two stamina food 
or two magic, two health or something to just even it out a little bit more because you do have to make pretty big trade-offs in terms of do I eat food that gives me life or do I eat food that gives me mana? But Or stamina. Yeah, or stamina. There's only two foods it's, it's that good. give balance and it's not they're not great. Um. And anyway, so there's that too. Um the they did make a lot of positive changes to the cooking system, I think, and they gave you more options for food at every biome tier. And you still have to go back to old biomes to get items to make the foods from the higher tiers, which I think is fine. I like that yeah, they're keeping, trying to keep the stuff ever, evergreen. Yeah. yeah. Um, like the best food in the game requires carrots, which are something you get very early on in the game. So I, I do appreciate that. I like that I concept and idea. Um, the, in, you know, once we've gotten a stockpile of stuff that we need to make the food, it hasn't been too hard to like keep everything stocked, which is what I've been working on. And, you know, chores aren't too bad, like taking me maybe a half an hour to like get through all chores, like planting and harvesting crops in three different biomes, which I, I mean, that could be made simpler or easier, but it's fine. It doesn't take that long. So, yeah. Um, adding in the ability to like have chickens now and getting eggs and or killing the chickens to get meat to make other food has been fun too. I like that addition. So, yeah. Overall, I think it's a really positive. It's really positive. We haven't killed the last boss in the Messlins yet, so you know. Our opinions could mm-hmm. change drastically based on how that encounter goes. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been enjoying it so far. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I I've I've enjoyed it. I think I think we're starting to peter out peter out a little bit on it, but I think we're kind of slowing down a little bit. We've we've played pretty hard for a month, mm-hmm. so I think we're starting to starting to run through the content available and just kind of be like, oh, all right, okay. I, I think guess, that guess we don't have too much more to go. Yeah, I think like there could be some kind of in, an incentive to travel to different islands because I feel like you get to an island, you look at it, you see what biomes are available, and then you move on. I mean, other than farming the resources that are available <clears throat> on that island, there's really no reason to go back to an old island that just has the same type <clears throat> of shit that's on your main island or a different island. What I want to do is I want to go find a seed that is, you know, one Pangea style continent. Mm-hmm. I'd like to track down that kind of seed. That way you can you can just get all of the resources. Yeah, everything is just travelable by cart. You know, it would make actually taming loxes worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, yeah, or maybe there's an area that. Has a big enough spot. Yeah, that you that it would be useful to tame it. Tame, yeah, because I I haven't even thought about taming the locks, even though that they do have the lock saddle available now. Because what's the point? I just run, you just run. That's just you know, I don't know how much yeah. faster or better it is. Because yeah, yeah I, you, I don't. 
or the ability to build a bridge between islands and then you could take it to a different island i think one of the things that i think would be helpful is having some kind of a gameplay element that requires you to go to different iron islands or it makes it worthwhile to go to different islands and then has some sort of a baked in portaling mechanism to those islands so that it's easier to travel and navigate in between them because once you once you've gone to the islands that have all the biomes there's really no purpose to go to the other three-fourths of the map you know you find the islands that have the biomes you need you find the islands that have the bosses in them for those biomes and you're pretty much done you don't have like there's no reason to travel halfway across the world for a different island that's just all the same shit. So having some kind of a reason to go to them or some kind of a larger puzzle that you're trying to solve, I think would be something that they what could add talking? to it or something. So what you're talking about is like having an end game and a purpose. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think they would have to make it into some sort of a story element or a gameplay element that requires you to go to those other islands so one of the mods lb's talked about um you know those standing rune stones with the red text on them that goes from runes Mm -hmm. to english he said that that uh there's a mod that uh makes it so that going for those is important okay so it would be a purpose. Yeah, there would be a purpose to exploring all the islands because you're looking for the rune stones to empower your runes. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, something like that would be helpful. Like just- I just, I think, I, I personally just think it's kind of petering out at this point. I think we don't have enough, con- there's not enough content in the game to keep us like really strongly going at this juncture. Are we talking about Valheim? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, I think the other thing would be a way to bank talents or bank talent points or some way to just having it be so oppressive to die. Like, Yeah, the dying thing sucks. Like, because, yeah, I, th- I think you can explore or you can die. You can explore and die or you can be safe and get talent points. And I don't know. It's just really like I just went out last night for like 20 minutes into the planes and died and lost probably an hour's worth of like chopping skills. And it's just like, oh, great. You know, and you're not only losing skills in one area, you're losing skills across across the the board. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's it's a total decrease. Yeah. It's like, okay, I spend an hour chopping an hour, you know, mining uh mining i spend an hour fishing and then i die once and i lose not one hour worth of gameplay i lose three hours worth of gameplay or four hours worth of gameplay just with a single death just like ugh, it just feels rough It, it it's 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 very punishing so yeah but yeah neth we're just going over some general impressions on Mistland since we've spent a lot of time playing that recently i'm curious to see how what about yourself have you enjoyed it or i mean it's still not my 
you know, it wouldn't be my first choice for a game. I'm having fun playing with you guys, but it's mm. never going to be my first choice for a game. <laughs> no, that's fair. What about you, Gav? Eh, I've enjoyed it well enough. You've been the one who's explored the Mistlands the most. That, well, that's 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 always how I am in these games. That's what I want to do. I want to go out. I want to roam. I do not want to sit at base and build. <clears throat> Gav is of the fuck around and find out persuasion. I, I 100% am. I don't care how low my skills get. I The game's combat is very simplistic. The worst thing that can happen is you get swarmed by enemies. Eventually, if you keep moving, you can split them off into smaller packs and deal with them individually, but... The combat is not like the the combat is not like really in depth. Uh, There's no need for any of the like weapon skills and things. All that does is reduce the stamina usage, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not like a deeply complex game with a deep combat system. It's like, I just like to explore. I just like to see what's going on. Um, I have a long, long history of wall jumping and figuring out where the pixels are that I can land on safely. Uh, in a lot of video games, so you know, navigating the mistlands has been second nature. It's the same as navigating the mountains in the first time we played the game. Um, I think that it's a very pretty game world, and they've done a lot of really interesting things with it. But I think that it's very skimpy on content. Um, but again, I'm not exactly the target audience. I'm not like the Minecraft player, the you know person who plays a lot of like building and survival games. I'm, that's not really me. I like to go out and see what's going on. I like to explore the world. I like to I like to blaze trails and, you know, just fuck things up where I go. I like to have quests to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like to be out in the world doing something. I don't like to just be sitting in base because to me, like sitting in base and building is not as interesting as being out in the world and doing things. Whereas LB is the opposite. LB likes to build until the build gets too big because he thought he 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 dug too greedily and too deep just like the just like the dwarves um so you're saying we're gonna get a balrog i (laughs) say that there's a there's not zero chance that we'll get a balrog and that lb will disappear and then show up with a different color scheme later (laughs) (laughs) the um yeah you kind of like you can choose to build a lot of stuff at home base, but then it, it just takes longer to haul shit back to wherever the home base mm-hmm. is because you have to go further and yep. further to get resources. Yep. So, Also, like I find punished. that stupid that certain things can't go through, go through the fucking portals. Like, come on! So the whole point of that is to ensure that you're not just like... It's to actually engage you in the, in the open ocean in the water section of the game. I was telling Kevin, I'd like to find a seed where it's just ver- one very large continent, if possible. Um, and then just explore or like a couple of large continents, you know, like three or four very large continents, you know, with all of the biomes present, you know, across the continents. And then, you know, you can just explore and run around and you can tame locks and the locks actually have a purpose. And, you know, you don't have to try to transport them on ships, which is a pain in the dick, apparently, <laughs> you know, because apparently you have to, like, build a bridge and then lure the locks on top of the bridge. And then you have to have your boat underneath the bridge. And then you have to drop the locks onto the boat by deconstructing the bridge. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Okay. It's the same way you have to. It's, it's apparently the same way you have to transport boars and wolves, too, because they can't go through portals either. 
Hmm. So you have to transport them by boat, and that's a pain in the ass. I wouldn't even think about taking a boar on a boat, but okay. Wow. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you that we're losing steam with it. I think um, it's a, I want things to do. I want there to be things to do. I like engaging with the game. Um, but yeah, it's make a purpose to staying at home or make a purpose to explore so that you can, you know, build like if, building more or exploring more. I don't know. If, if I if Zomboid caught my attention better. If it was better at like explaining the game to me, because the game doesn't really explain a whole lot, even going through the tutorial. Mm-hmm. That was part of another issue I had with it when we, when we were trying to play that. I think the Zomboid could be a very good game for like capturing that because there is a lot of there is a lot of like complex base building, and it's basically a it is you do have a mission and you know your mission is survive and there is you you have to dig up the correct things to survive and all that kind of stuff i think that would be interesting but it's just like i could not get into the game Hmm. yeah i i agree with you i think if the gameplay had if it had better gameplay like diablo and better graphics or if it was a first person shooter i like that concept of you know, establishing a foothold, building a base, exploring, making the base bigger. But you need other stuff too. Like I think if there were other survival survivors that you were connecting with and like establishing trade routes or, you know, something like that, or needing to save people who have been trapped. Um I think that would be a really interesting concept for a game. So you want you want an MMO with RTS and colony management elements, but also has a combat gameplay element as well. Like a, like an actual individual person combat gameplay. No, I don't think that it needs to be like colony-based like strategy games. I think the colony is the people that you play with. Like we are a colony, and then we... Well, what I'm saying yeah. is like there's there's like a real time strategy slash, you know, colony sim aspect to the game. But then there's also like an individual level aspect to the game as well. I don't know. Like. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, because like we like, let's say there was um, like New York City and it was overrun by the zombie apocalypse. And then it's a multi or it's an MMO. We get dropped into the game in a certain like. It could be like an apartment or just an area of the game. And we have to establish our own, you know, limits and survival area for us. Right. And then eventually we start exploring out and then you meet up with another group of survivors who are actual people playing the game, too. And they've established their own foothold or whatever. And you could like fight them or you can, you know, be friends with them. Right. And then you guys go out together and try to find resources or health or, you know, food or weapons or whatever to help you fight the zombies back. And then you can like build your bases together or you can like just have trade routes in between bases. Something like that, I think would be super compelling. Okay. I'm not saying this just to be shitty, but I swear to God, you've just described a game that exists. Uh, Eve is kind of like that. No, I mean specifically with zombies and I'm trying to think of what it is. It was was it 
state of decay that we were playing with LB? Because it's. I don't know. Because that's not really. That wasn't really online. No. Oh, um, Daisy. Is it like Daisy? I haven't played Daisy, so I wouldn't. I haven't played Daisy either. I don't know. I don't. But I, I think. It just, it just felt like you were describing something that I've seen. Okay. If you remember it, let me know. Yeah, that would be cool. But um, I think because a lot of because I think like it's cool that we play in our little friends group, but it would be also fun to like find other people who are doing that same thing and have they're trying to solve the same problems. And then, you know, maybe they've learned different recipes or something on how to do things that could help us and vice versa. Yeah, it just I like that concept. It, I think it would be fun. It's kind of like the division. Like little groups of people who have like formed footholds in between areas that are overrun by bad guys. But yeah. Anyway, I'm going way off on some kind of weird tangent, but it's all right. Hey, you 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 you're having a conversation, Kevin. Yeah. Appease uh, the frog. Appease the LB. Do not eat a frog, so, even though frogs is good eating. I think we've kind of talked enough about Mistlands at this point. We barely talked about Mistlands, but it's okay. There's dungeons, there's resources to collect, there's bad guys that kill you. I think that the game is moving at a glacial development pace, and that's kind of frustrating, but it is what it is. I mean... It's surprising how much they've gotten out of me in terms of game, like hours. Oh of yeah, for, for, for what was it the little amount of, bucks? Yeah, for yeah, for a little amount of money and for the little amount of development. Well, I don't know how much development went into it, but they didn't really release too much new content. And it's like I've spent another, you know, tens of hours playing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, um, uh, they've done good enough. It's an interesting game. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I think we are slowly winding. I think we're actually not slowly winding down. I think we're rapidly winding down at this point. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a news article that I saw that was released in the first of the year talking about some of the biggest games that are coming up in 2023. And uh, I thought it would be fun to like pick a few in terms of like what like what we really want to play next year and like i'm talking about like how much we're playing valheim right now (laughs) like um i think the obvious one that is on all of our lists is diablo 4 Mm -hmm. right i mean i don't know that's on everyone's list i don't know at this point um it's on my list with for sure all the with all the blizzard stuff I would love to play it, but I don't know if I can. Yeah, I was going to say, it's on mine, but I'm pretty sure it's not on Gav's. Yeah, with with all the Blizzard shit, I don't know if I can... I don't know if I can justify supporting the company as it stands right now. I mean, I love and respect the fact that they have a lot of very passionate workers and that those workers are not responsible for this, but I don't know if I can financially support the company itself. It's kind of like how saying. I really, really want to play Hogwarts Legacy, but I will not put any money in a J.K. Rowling's pocket. Fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, 
obviously if the game actually comes out i think that's the first thing because it sounds like it's rushed or might not come out i don't know um i hope <laughs> blizzard gets back to where they were years ago where they just wait until a game is like absolutely ready and it's not even that. It's all the other bullshit that's going on with the game, with with, with the company. Yeah. It, it's not yeah. even the fact that they're releasing a half-baked game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not trying to minimize that. I'm just saying that aside, it's like, is the game actually going to come out? And is it going to be like the launch of the original Diablo 3? And who knows? Um, the Sons of the Forest... We did spend a lot of time playing the forest, Gav. Do you want to revisit that world with yeah, the probably. sons of the forest? Probably. Take Survive. a look. I'll see how it goes. Well, it looks like it's more of a. Uh, it looks like it's more of a shooty game this time. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. The. I think the thing that pissed me off about it was that our bases meant nothing. We just kept getting overrun by zombies. If they fix that and like you can actually build a base and establish a foothold. I would be more interested in playing it, but that game is not that type of game. And um, yeah, we just found out way too late into our playthrough, but if we would have known that earlier on, I think our experience would have been much better. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, there's out of this list here, there's four things that are tickling my fancy. What is the tickle? Oh, five things that are tickling my fancy. Um, uh, definitely, Sons of the Forest looks interesting. I'm willing to give it a give it a crack. See how it goes. Um, Octopath Traveler two. Which list are you looking at? The one that Kevin's got listed in the thing. Oh yeah, sorry. We're referencing an article from IGN that's called "The Biggest Games Coming in 2023." I yeah. wanted to make um, sure I was looking at the same one you guys were looking at. That's Octopath good. Traveler. Um, I am loving this sort of modern HD 2D revolu- the, the renaissance that uh, Square is kind of going through, even though they are losing money left and right because they fucking invested in NFTs and sold a bunch of companies. They doubled down on blockchain and NFTs. Yeah. Yeah, no, Square Enix sold all of their Western studios. Have fun ruining invest- Final Fantasy. <laughs> and invested their money. Like, Well, no, Final Fantasy is the only thing that's making them money currently. Final Fantasy fourteen specifically, Creative Business Unit 2. Yeah. Yeah, and what doesn't have NFTs yet? <laughs> that vision. Um, but yeah, Octa- so Octopath uh, Traveler, yeah. Yeah, Octopath Traveler is a fantastic game. Uh, we're getting... We're getting the new Breath of the Wild sequel this year. Um, that'll be interesting. I'm going to lose my wife for about two weeks, probably. <laughs> okay. Um, but the, the modern stuff they've been doing with Legend of Zelda has been fantastic. Um, I, they did open world very well. They took a game that was not really an open world genre in the strictest of senses. It had like dabbled with open world. And just like went hard on it and did such a great job. Breath of the Wild was such a good game. And the second game coming out, um, really excited to see what they end up doing with it. Yeah. Um, I, 
And mm-hmm. that kind of ties into some of the stuff that we were talking about with Valheim, where they have like really good like puzzle rooms that you can go into and find across the world. And mm-hmm. Valheim has none of that. The dungeons are nowhere near as fun. I was like, there's puzzle rooms? What? It's there's not really dungeons, a puzzle room. It's just really not great. Um, I'm going to leave that one to later. Uh, basically, it's two other games, uh, three other games. There's three other games that are just like, ah, yes, these will be day one purchases. Um, Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2. The first game was just such dumb fun. The first one was just like such what dumb. What kind of game like, is it even? It is a third person action RPG. But not like Di- it's not an ARPG like Diablo, but it's more like it's kind of like your Gears of War kind of thing. Uh, the first game was there was a lot of narrow corridor kind of fighting, but it's like, yeah, you're you're going to go into an area and you're just going to beat the shit out of a bunch of orcs. You're just going to absolutely get swarmed by orcs and you are just going to beat the ever living crap. out. So of them. it's a horde shooter. Kind of. It's kind of a horde shooter, I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Um, this one's going to feature the Tyranids. Tyranids are one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, Warhammer factions. That's going to be really interesting. Um, I as long as they keep the same winning formula they had with Space Marine, the first game, Space Marine Two is going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see how it goes. Nice. Um, and these two, these other two are just absolutely tied for me. You have Hades Two, the first mm. super giant sequel. And we've yeah. gotten a little bit of information about the storyline for it. It looks looks interesting. Um, I I have got several hundred hours played in Hades one. I love the game. It, they did a fantastic job with it. Um, I just. Uh, just want to see what's going on. I just want to see how they do this and what they do and if they can keep the magic from the first game. <clears throat> And then what I talked about on the last show. Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon. I don't give a fuck. I will buy that game day one. I you you've heard me talk over the years about regretting day one purchases and things like that. No, fuck no. I don't give a fuck. I will give FromSoft all of my goddamn money. They will get every fucking red cent out of me when this game comes out. Armored Core is my is my favorite franchise of games that has ever been released. Hands down. No question armored core all day long i have very fond memories of sitting down in front of a playstation a playstation one and playing armored core i have fond memories of playing this franchise across almost every iteration it's had um i like mechs i like blowing up things i like trolling people with heavy quad legs and flamethrowers and machine guns I I just so much joy and so much fun with that series and I cannot wait to play it on a modern in a modern thing. I just wish people would stop asking if it's a souls like because it's made by FromSoft. The last time this game was out it was Xbox 360? Yes, sir. Uh, I believe that was for answer. Or the uh, Raven. It was either the Raven Armor or Four Answer. I, 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 it's got a subtitle. I don't remember which one it okay. is. There's like 17 games in the series. Well, there's been a lot of side games. Um, uh, let me take a look at that real quick. Uh, check it real so fast. The 
Gav, what about um? I see there's a Payday Three coming out. I haven't played any of the other Payday games. <laughs> Fucking Payday! Is it? I like the concept. I like the concept of the Payday games. It is heat. It is. It is heat. It is Point Break. It is a um a heist video game, right? It, it's a heist video game. It's exactly what it is. Um, it you and three other people. It's a four player game. Um. Go in and attempt to pull off a heist of some manner. Um, they vary in style and type. Some maybe you're breaking into an art museum at night and you're stealing paintings, or you are breaking into a bank and then robbing the bank, or you know you're breaking you're you're breaking into the vault at a casino, or you're stealing artifacts from a shipping warehouse. There's a lot of different types. Uh, mm. The game can be played two ways. You can play. Payday 2 can be played two ways. Payday 1 can only be played one way, really. Payday 2 can be played in two ways. You can play either loud or quiet. Mm -hmm. Quiet is stealthy, and you're sneaking around, and you're doing things, and you're, you're tactically taking people out, and you're avoiding cameras, and jamming police radios, and all sorts of things like that. It's like much more like covert ops, CIA type yes. of gameplay. Or, okay. Or you go loud as fuck. I uh -huh. really enjoyed the loud gameplay. I like before they patch it when I actually did play the game. This was years ago. Uh, I I was in a Kembo Dodger. So I dual wielded pistols and had a dodge build. My whole deal was just dodging attacks. Mm -hmm. And I could go toe to toe with pretty much anything in the game because I had almost perfect dodge. Yeah, Left for Dead, Left for Dead 4, but uh, Left for Dead 4, Left for Dead, but with bank robbers. Very close to how the game is played, yes. Um, in principle. Uh, in actuality, the game is a lot different, but it's a horde shooter when you go loud. When you go loud, the game becomes a horde shooter. Okay. Yep. How was the, how was the stealth gameplay? The stealth gameplay was good. It was very good. Um, there were a lot of heists that it's like, no, the best way to play this is quiet. Like, the best way to play this is quiet. Um, there's all sorts of shit you can do. You can use EM jammers and camera. You can remove cameras. You can do all sorts of things where the game is very good. You could play like multiplayer too, right? Like as a small team. You and three other friends. Uh oh. Which is what I said. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I just had to stop and blink at you for a second because I had just said you and three other friends like a minute and a half before. <laughs> but no, yes, it is a multiplayer game. It is a four-player game. Um, uh, there's a really... I liked the perk system well enough. It was okay. Um... But yeah, it's it. I liked the game. It's just there's so much DLC for it, and the community is a little toxic sometimes. But most online game communities are a little toxic these days. Mm -hmm. So not a surprise. Um, there's a lot of you need to know exactly how things work, and if you don't, you're trash and shit, and no one will ever play with you ever again kind of thing, you know? I see, yeah. But if you're just playing with your buddies, then like, oh yeah, if you're just if you're going in with three other friends and you're just trying to learn how the game is played, totally fine, mm -hmm. absolutely fine. 
it's an interesting concept. I'm wondering if I would want to play it because like Mandy and I both like heist movies. It's like one of our favorite genres of movies and uh-huh. to be able to play it like as a video game sounds compelling. It's I didn't mind the game. It's just it was keeping up with the Joneses because they did power creep through the DLCs. Mm. There was power creep in the DLC, so I was just like, nah, I'm not going to have to buy a new DLC every time just to complete one heist. I don't give a shit. And so I just stopped playing. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I didn't mind it. I, I, I would say that it is a good game if you're willing to deal with however they handle the monetization for it. <clears throat> yeah. I think, like... There was other games that they had listed off at the Games Awards, like new games that were coming out, but I don't know how many of them are actually coming out over the next year. To because there was a few there, there was kind of like an open worldy type game in like a desert. I can't even remember what the hell the name of the game was called. To be able to line it up with one of these names, it's just like there's so much shit coming out. But yeah, I think Diablo Four is like. If Diablo 4 comes out and it's good and the problematic stuff with Blizzard gets figured out, then that could be a really good experience. It's not going to get figured out in the next six months. It won't. It's still gonna, <sighs> this shit's going to be winding through the courts for the next couple of years. Yeah. And Blizzard is going to continue to treat their, their, their employees like shit unless somebody else gets, a, gets in charge of Blizzard and then what happens when that happens? Does Blizzard lose some core aspect of itself? Is, is there some weird symbiosis or parasitism related to the culture that was built up over the years at Blizzard, which arguably created these games that we love so much and have such fond nostalgia for? Is there some weird parasitism relating to the company culture and the quality of games released? I mean, you could argue and say that that already happened when the Activision merger took place and they were driven much more by profits than in, you know, quarterly gains than they were anything else. But is that a problem of Blizzard itself not knowing how to do things without being in this toxic ass culture? Hmm. I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of the thing you have to kind of you have to look at. Yeah, I know that you know there's a lot of people that just refuse to do have anything to do with them now until that occur or until a lot of that gets figured out and I, you know, I understand where they're coming from. I think um I'm on the fence whether or not I would actually play it now thinking about that because yeah, I don't want to support them from a, I don't want to support them monetarily given the stuff that happened and what, you know, a lot of what we've already reported on through the show and um, yeah, it's just, that's a personal decision that everybody needs to make themselves. And I'm not going to judge anybody for supporting blizzard. Um, everybody's got complicated reasons why, mm-hmm. um, or it might not, or it might be uncomplicated reasons, but yeah. it's just like uh, the, to me, 
to me specifically and individually, I'm not going to judge you when you play Diablo 4, Kevin. I'm not. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's your choice to make. To me, there has not been enough contrition from the company or real meaningful change in the year plus since this happened. Yeah. For me to justify being willing to give them any money because they, I, and that hurts me because we know people that work at Blizzard. And me not supporting the company that pays their bills in its own way impoverishes them. But at the same time, right. you have to make a choice. You have to you have to decide if there's an ethical or moral standard that you yourself have to hold. And that's just where my ethical and moral standard lies. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you supporting the company makes you a bad person. That just means that the way you're viewing the situation is different than the way I'm viewing the situation. And that's totally fine. Yeah. The, yeah, it, it, the people that we know that work there and, you know, people that we're friends friendly with, it's like, yeah, it feels like collateral damage for just not being able to support them as a company because of um, what's happened in the past. And I agree with you. I don't think enough has been done yet to justify me feeling comfortable going back and and fully supporting their games or supporting something like blizzcon for example i know a lot of people that are like oh i can't wait to get back to blizzcon i'm like are you what no (laughs) like no No. No. like um to yeah to to support it at that level because i think like look if you're gonna physically go somewhere to support them you know as like from a super fan standpoint because like only super fans are going to Blizz- blizzcon it's like i i can't eat, like that sickens me to think people are like like, like raring to, to go remember, back to Kevin, blizzcon you have to okay so that's where your moral and ethical break is yes. but at the same time there are other people that are just like that are like oh well there's a whole ecosystem of contractors and workers and third party individuals that rely on blizzcon to make their money for the year mhm yeah, true. You know, so you have to, you can't look, it's hard to look at it in a black and white light because there is no black and white when it comes to this. There is no bad corporation, good people. It's, there's a blending in the middle and you have to find where your individual comfort zone is and how much you are willing to support them. Mm-hmm. Because your support of BlizzCon you know, enables cosplayers and enables artists and enables content creators to generate their livelihoods. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like the support for Blizzard itself enables, you know, QA and the developers and the support staff and all the other people to live their lives the same way. So you have to find where your breakpoint is. And to me personally, my breakpoint is no support at all because the company the company fucked up. They are not contrite because it is a corporation corporations are faceless entities they are not people contrary to what what was it uh citizens united contrary to citizens united corporations are not people they are not your friends Mm -hmm. they are a money to interest that wants to make more money they are not there to help you they are there to create as much revenue as possible for their shareholders in as short a time as possible so that they 
can get more shareholders and sell more money, make more money. They are not they are not an ethical corporation. They are not anything. They are they are a faceless entity that does not give a fuck that you have given them money and supported them for 20 years. You are a replaceable line item on a monthly revenue statement. Yep. Which sucks. I mean, I think the decision that I think we made in terms of going away from strictly Blizzard games and kind of expanding the scope mm-hmm. of our podcast to include all games or non-gaming topics, I think was what I felt most comfortable with and a decision that I still hold with pride because, yeah, the the thing that really bothered me was like watching people who... And look, I don't make money off of this. This isn't my livelihood. This, you know, none of us, none of our livelihoods. So it's like none of us make any money off of this show at all. So we do this for fun. Right. We're we're not as um, we don't need Blizzard to survive our livelihoods. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not everyone's situation. I understand that. And there's people who, you know, they make content and we're making content well before any of this was discovered. And that's how they were making a living. And that's what they're doing. But like to just watch some of those people and be like, yeah, it's like for them to just say like, yeah, it sucks. I see what I see what happened. I understand what's going on, but still got to make that money. You know what I mean? And they just continue to pump out, you know, hundreds of wow videos, for example, or hundreds of whatever videos. It's just like, I just kind of lost respect for those people, you know, honest, like, to be honest with you, like I unsubscribed from all that shit. I, you know, I stopped playing the games. I, you know, it just, and th- and that's what I felt most comfortable with my, for myself. And, you know, yeah. like, and that's, fine. I understand that those people need to still make money. You know, they still have to pay their bills. Like if, you know, if it turns out that my company, like, I don't know if I would be able to make the same moral decision if i was dependent upon that company to survive and for my livelihood and my family you know like and you know maybe they can't either so but yeah it just like it sucks to want to support that or just just to kind of see the people just continuing on slogging through the same type of content that they've always made without any real like ongoing you know, thought for, I don't know, a a better moral ground or feeling like. Sometimes they have difficulty doing that. There's a lot of content creators out there that have tried to pivot in the past and they've been pushed back by their communities. And it's just like, all right, well, I I have to eat, so I got to do what I got to do. And I respect Mm -hmm. them for it. They do what they got to do. They got to make they got to make their hustle. They got to make their cash. They got to make the scratch. You know, it's like I get it. I don't have to be happy about it, but I get that this is what you have to do. Yeah. And I I understand that, too. And. I would be one of the people who would continue to support that person if they branched off in other games, unless I didn't care about those games and then I wouldn't watch the content. And then that's I the guess. problem. But that's, yeah. but that's the problem. Say you have 100,000 subscribers on Twitch. Okay. And Say it's you have 100,000. For World of Warcraft. And you all play, you, all you do is you play World of Warcraft or, mm-hmm. you know, you play StarCraft 2 or you play Minecraft. Any Blizzard. And then you go, well, I'm done with this i don't want to play it anymore i'm just bored of it i'm gonna go play something else suddenly your subscriber count drops to ten thousand. you you hemorrhage 90 percent of your subscribers right 
you have a livelihood in a way that you are used to living in at that point, which is difficult to jibe with when you suddenly lose 90% of your income. Yeah. So you make that pivot back and you're just like, guys, it was just an experiment. I just wanted to see what happened. And all of a sudden all your subscribers come back and you're like, okay, well, we're in good shape. And now you're stuck playing this game for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I feel that from some of the streamers on Twitch in terms of like them trying to make that pivot and not being successful with it. And it's like, yeah, because they like the game and they're watching you for the game. But how many of those people actually like you for you and your personality and no matter what game you play? And like, yeah, that's probably a much smaller number, but at least I would feel more, I would feel better about doing something like that. This is all fucking theoretical shit, but, um, you know, I, I applaud people who stand up for what they believe in and are willing to make change as a result of that, you know, and like, well, you those gotta are remember the people that's... that I really respect. Standing up for what you believe in is oftentimes a very painful experience. So regardless, if you stand up and people support you, you know, you might not be able to support yourself the same way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to have a plan before you decide to do something like that, too, especially if your like livelihood is dependent on it. Um, And that's and that's very difficult for some people to do. Some people just can't do that. It's just not a possibility for them. Yeah. I mean, you always have a choice. You will always, always ever have it. You will always, always, always have a choice. But if you have people that rely on you, so say, say you're a content creator, say you're a YouTuber, you're a big YouTuber. You have three editors, two post-production people, and you have a staff that works for you. You have Mm -hmm. five people that work for you directly. That source materials, things for you. You know, you, you, you do blizzard content. All you do is blizzard content. All of a sudden, all this stuff comes out, and you're like, fuck, I can't support Blizzard anymore. I have to make a moral stand. And you go, okay, well, I'm not going to cover Blizzard stuff anymore. I mean, I hope you all still engage with my content because, you know, I hope you all like me for me. You lose half your subscribers. Suddenly, you can't pay for your you, – you have to cut your editors down to one. You have to cut your post-production to one. You have to cut your, your production staff down to two people, you know? You've suddenly, impov- you've suddenly taken the jobs away from five people. Right. You have to look at it kind of in that light also at the same time. Yeah, it's, and I and a painful set of choices to make, you know. Hopefully that is done with um those people in mind or those people in that discussion before that change is made in terms of like a company standpoint because well, it's not it just is, like that person anymore, it's a company. Well, and it's very funny that I mentioned this because I actually read a story earlier today about that when I got up about somebody that was having this same issue. You mean with video games or what was the context? Just a content creator? Amaranth. 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 Who's Amaranth? Yeah. Is that that girl who like just shows her body on stream? Yes, there's a lot of very complicated stuff that's come up about that relating to uh, you know, d- domestic abuse and things of that nature as to why she was doing that. Well, she's getting a divorce and she's uh basically said that she didn't really want to do all that spicy stuff and she was being forced to do the spicy stuff by her partner and that's part of the reason why she's getting divorced she's getting out of that she, people have been railing on her because she said that this isn't what i want to do with my life i don't want to do all this spicy stuff 
but she's still releasing spicy stuff. Well, she explained that I have a support staff. I employ 30 people. If I wound down all of those activities, I would suddenly put all these people out of a job instantly. Mm -hmm. So I'm slowly phasing down that process and getting them jobs in other parts of what I do in my in my work. And it's like, yeah, so that's it's the exact same sort of situation. It's like, how do you support it's, it's you do sometimes you have to do things you're not happy with to support the people that those activities uh pay for. And it's the same thing with Blizzard. It's like, yeah, I want to support the people at Blizzard because I know most of the rank and file people at Blizzard are good people who are just doing a job. They're just doing their work. Mm-hmm. And I want to support them. But at the same time, I have to make a choice of if I am morally comfortable supporting the shitbag people that work there. Yeah. I just thought it was really funny that we were talking about this and I read that article this morning. No, it's it's a great discussion to have because I feel like, I mean, it's in a different context, but this is the same story that it's been throughout history, right? It's like, do uh-huh. I do what's right or do I do what's easy? And I, I don't think, want to invoke Goblin's Law, so I am not going to continue down that path. God, what? Goblin's Law? Godwin's Law. What's Godwin's Law? I'm not, I'm not getting into Godwin's Law. We're not going to get into Godwin's Law because the, way, the path that you're taking me down starts going towards World War II. So I'm not going to invoke Godwin's Law, okay? <laughs> the, path, <laughs> the path you are taking me to taking this conversation down will eventually lead to World War II, and I don't want to go down that route. Okay. <laughs> so that's, um, that's fine. I mean, but there are allegories. There are allegories that exist within yes. 1940s Europe and the U.S. relating to this as well. Yeah. So I I applaud people who are able to make the change and make the pivot. And yeah, what you're saying sounds like a great thing that she's doing in terms of like making sure people stay employed and also trying to maintain and keep self-dignity in, mm-hmm. intact. Um, yeah, but I think, I think that, I think it also does have parallels. And, and this, this is actually making me think about my stance on Blizzard, because there, there are parallels to supporting Blizzard as well in, this, in that conversation. It's like, I don't think I'm, I, it's, I'm not, probably not going to change my mind about it, but it does make me think about, um, it does make me think about where my moral compass lands there you know Mm -hmm. oh i feel like it definitely makes you feel like you need to make a choice you know and you're either going to be for or against and you're going to continue to play the games or you're not going to continue to play the games like you're going to spend one cent or you're going to spend zero cents on it like it and i'm you know as much as I hate to say that, like it does. And you're either going to, and you know, I've chosen not to support them monetarily, you know, anymore. Like I haven't played the game or I've played like a little bit of overwatch, but like, um, yeah, I'm not like spending money on games or I'm not buying any of the games that they have except like, well, I did buy modern warfare too, but that's like Activision, but it's still, I still still have thing. Yeah, the same fucking thing. Yeah, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I mean, I've definitely made choices to 
not play Blizzard games and conscious decisions not to play Blizzard games and to find other games to play to scratch that gaming itch without having to support their products. And, you know, it, it sucks, but I feel like it's the right thing for me to do. And I'm sure there's other people who are probably like, I don't give a shit. They're going to continue to put out content. They're going to play the games and it's not going to matter to them. And like, yeah, I don't think I don't think that they're bad people. I don't disagree with them for making that decision. I feel like it's a personal choice that everyone has to make. But like, I feel comfortable with what we did with the show and what I did personally with the games. And like, that's what I can live with. And that, you know, when I put my head down at night, like I'm not I don't you know, I don't feel like a shill or I don't feel like I'm, you know, disrespecting people who work there or disrespecting the people who are harmed throughout the, you know, several years of, you know, what happened there. But, and like, that's, that's what I can live with, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that's, that's fair. That's totally fair. I, Mm -hmm. I, I support your decision and what you're going to, what you end up doing because that's your choice at the end of the day. Okay. Um, I would love to support Blizzard again. I absolutely would love to. I love their games. I'm unabashed in my love of their games, but I just, at the moment, I don't think I can. Yeah, I mean, but I, then that, that that opens up. But the, sorry, um, but that opens up a very slippery slope argument on the goalposts moving constantly on what's enough. Mm-hmm. We're never going to get back to why I fell in love with Blizzard games in the first place, which was they take the time to put out a quality product that hits the mark and is fun to play and has a lot of replayability and something that I feel like I can come back to and spend time with my friends at play. And like, it's just never going to get back to that point. I think the best chance we have is some of the original creators or some of the people who used to work at Blizzard and take some of those original philosophies to other gaming companies and to see what they put out. But but the problem is, but Kevin, the problem is, is that how many of them were complicit in creating this culture? Yeah, I know. That's, that also weighs on me too. And, you know, decisions like myself and my livelihood and trying to get a job in the gaming world has disappeared entirely as a result of some of that because that's you know those were the companies that I wanted to join and hot and work with and I was like after I found that shit out I was like oh no that's not happening um yeah I'm not gaming even is kind anymore. of a toxic mess pit so, yeah, so regardless in general <laughs> anyway yeah learning that and I you, it's easy to say oh well, I'm not going to play their games but it's like oh I don't want to work there you know that kind of that's a whole different story, but it's like, yeah, certain decisions like that for me were made instantly. I'm like, oh yeah, no, thank you. Um, but yeah, like maybe some of those people, and yeah, you're right. Maybe some of them were complicit in what happened and forming that culture. But it's, you know, ugh. yeah, I would hate to not support those companies as well because I feel like they're the underdogs, and I want to support the underdogs. But yeah, if if they knew about that shit, if they let it happen, if they didn't care, and if they continued to try to put out games and make money despite, you know, horrible human atrocities, then yeah, I would I would be upset about that and I wouldn't support them too. You know? A lot of I feel like I feel like a lot of what we talk about on the show is like we want to make sure the right things happen 
from a personal standpoint in the gaming industry, not just care about this video game or that video game. Like I, I, th- I feel like we do try to care about how the video games are made and making sure that it's like done in a humane well, way. You know, well, the problem is, is that as Crash pointed out earlier, there is a very famous quote: "There is no ethical consumption under capitalism." Gavril, I just want to make sure that my games are cruelty free. I mean, you can't be positive of that. <laughs> you can't be sure that you, uh, the, the problem that becomes is like, where is the line of where's the line of cruelty free? I mean, I know mean, you're making a joke. I know you're, yeah. you're making a joke, but where do you draw the line on how you define cruelty free? Right. And that that becomes the issue. Um, does it extend all the way back to the original code bases? Does it go to the um, does it go to the, the the libraries, the binaries that they're using for compiling stuff? You know, does is maybe the guy who built this one compiler library 25 years ago, did it maybe turn out that he assaulted people or did some very unsavory things, you know? How far do you go down the rabbit hole, you know? Like I said, it's yeah. a very slippery slope. Yeah. And we can't try to prosecute every human that touched the code and made the game. Mm-hmm. And because everyone is human and everyone's made mistakes. And some of them are just like break the law and some don't, I guess, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the, it, there, there's a you, you have to draw your line in the sand about how far you're willing to go. And unfortunately, a lot of times that line in the sand gets washed away in the tides. Yeah. Or it changes over the years or your your own personal moral compass changes over the years or, you know, what you're willing to put up with changes over the years. And I think. Yeah, I mean, I. Ugh. This is yeah, this conversation is going in a weird direction right now, but it's, it's like very deep, isn't it, Kevin? I that's what happens when I'm tired, but <laughs> I just want to have I just want to know that like people, you know, didn't go through physical pain or emotional pain to make my game <laughs> and when I'm playing it in order to have a clear conscience, you know what I mean? Like, well, I get you. I understand what you're saying. You know, like when when all that stuff happened with Harvey Weinstein, it's like, well, what happens with those movies and things like that? You know, what I mean, there's just it's I don't it's, like it, a lot of that has principle. come to light in the last few years. And it's it's hard. So it's, that's yeah. so, so kind of what you're describing is a principle called death of the artist. OK, um, that is where you are able to disconnect the piece of art from the artist who created it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's looking at oh god what was this thing Michael Jackson Michael Jackson's a good example that people uh, quote uh, people bring up with death of the artist quite often it's like there were a lot of allegations against him and a lot of things that went on he still was the king of pop and he still made a lot of really good music right where do you draw the line like there are people that have made the choice that it's like no I cannot practice death of the artist I do disconnect myself completely from that person and I cannot enjoy what they have done there are other people that look at it from the artistic merits of the piece alone and go he was really problematic and there was a lot of issues with him and I can't support him himself 
but I can support the piece of art that he released. Mm-hmm. Um, Notch. Crash mentions Minecraft in the chat, and that makes me think of Notch. And yeah, Notch has got some issues. How do you... Like, I get it. Notch does no yeah. longer owns or works on Minecraft, but, you know, it was created by him. Do you disconnect... Are you capable of disconnecting the very problematic statements that Notch has made in the past from the game? There are some people that can't. And and worse yet, there's probably a lot of parents who let their kids play it who would probably morally object to it, and they're just letting their kids play a game to get them out of their hair for a few hours, you know? Huh? It's, it, that That's the kind of stuff that bothers me. It's like, I feel like you should at least be informed and at least understand what's happening so that you can make your own decision, right? Rather mm-hmm. than just blindly say, eh, who cares who made the game? I just like the game. Or I don't want to play this game because of what's happened. You know, like, at least understand what's going on before you can make that decision. But for us to be having those conversations about Death of the Artist with video games, I think should it, it sucks that we even have to be having that discussion in the first place, but it more legitimizes video games as art to me because it's like, wow, this think, is like just like everything I else think, in the art world. I think only the crustiest of crusty art people don't think art uh, video games are art anymore. I think only the crustiest of, of people do not mm-hmm. view video games as an art form. Yeah. It is a narrative storytelling device. Right. Which is a whole separate conversation, but yeah. It it's, is. It's a, it's a completely different conversation. But, but no, I, I think Death of the Artist is a good a good place to end that discussion because yeah, you, like it comes back to that that was why I brought that up, Gav, was it's like this is just like a lot of other stuff in this arena, you know, and it, yeah. and tying it back to like, yeah, this isn't a new discussion that we're having. This is the mm. same discussion as Death <laughs> this of the is Artist. A, this is a discussion that people have been having for centuries, my man. Right. Exactly. So and you know, us as weird video game people who may have not encountered that in our lives yet, like me, who I'm just learning about it for the first time now, which is surprising, but you know, we need, I think we need to be informed enough to make our own decisions and decide if we, you know, care, decide where you stand and what you want to put up with and live with. And make your own decisions accordingly. You know, there's no shortage of video games and, you know, there's still a lot of people doing Blizzard content and playing Blizzard mm-hmm. games. So no one's wrong in their decision. It's just like, but I feel like you should at least be informed enough to make your own decision so that you can sleep with yourself and sleep at night. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's again, like we said, it's a very personal decision that you yourself are the only one that can make it just like I'm not going to judge Kevin for the choices that he makes in video games or what he chooses to engage in or play. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Kevin's not going to judge me if I went and played something that he did not. He, he found something morally wrong with one of the creators. Right. I, I, I know we can't judge each other on those decisions because they are purely personal choices. Mm hmm. Does that mean I can't speak out about that? No, it doesn't. I can speak out about that all I want, but I can't judge you for the moral line in the sand that you've drawn. Yeah. I can and, talk about it all day. And I like where we've landed with it with the show in terms of 
we're not going to completely not talk about Blizzard. Like we're still going to talk about Blizzard, but mm-hmm. we're not going to strictly focus on Blizzard and be associated with them in the name of our podcast and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, which I think is a fair middle ground that we came up with as a group. And like, mm-hmm. we had to have those discussions and yeah, it, I'm glad that we did that because I think we all need to be comfortable with our level of involvement and trying to at least distance ourselves um at least distance ourselves to a point that we were comfortable with it given everything that's going on and our previous relationship with Blizzard. I mean, this podcast doesn't exist unless I'm a Blizzard super fan and Chris is a Blizzard super fan and met at BlizzCon and talked about it you know like this Mm -hmm. that's this is a culmination of our love for blizzard this entire thing existing right now um Mm -hmm. and it yeah we really struggled with that for a while and needed to figure out what because we weren't comfortable with just we're the azeroth coast to coast it's like no we're really yeah we're really more than that something beyond that we're something beyond that or we just don't want to be associated with that so Mm-hmm. We're going way under the hood now, but <laughs> yeah, we're, um, we're pretty we're pretty deep in there. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening at this point, then um, maybe you uh, care about some of those deeper discussions. But maybe what we should do to kind of end the show is um, we should we should placate and play to our audience and go through the Wizards of the Coast story because I know there was a certain someone who's been sitting around for over an I, hour in our chat room gonna, waiting for us to I'm have gonna, this discussion. I'm gonna, no, I'm actually going to tell you right now. I think that Crash is totally fine with the conversation we've had to this point. Yeah, that's um, true. I would really love to have Chris here to discuss to the OGL discussion. stuff because, yeah. because Chris is much more involved in that that community than you or Neth is. Um, mm-hmm. Neth was talking about having Spawn talk about it because he's also involved in that community and he's been keeping her up to date with it. Long story short... Wizards is doing another Magic the Gathering 30th anniversary level shit the bed. <laughs> yeah. And I to be um, honest with you, like I would love to have Chris here because I want to hear his take on it. And honestly, I want to listen to your conversation with him rather so than like really pipe I would too like much. so what I'm going to propose is I'm going to see if we can maybe get Chris around another day during this week or next weekend and maybe do uh do a show specifically like a short 45 minute episode hour episode just talking about this. Yeah, I would be okay with putting out like an extras or like an doing an extras episode yeah. just kind of going over that because that is it is it's it's a big topic, not that we didn't cover a big topic today, but I think that that would be I think having Chris there would be the appropriate call because then there is more than one person who knows what they're talking about. Right. No offense to your Neff. Neth is getting all of her information third hand, second hand, and you're not really connected with that community. Correct. I'm okay with that. That sounds good to me. Okay. Um, yeah, I because I, I, it's been an hour and a half. It's been an hour and forty five minutes. I think at this point. Yeah. Well, I, I think you would love to be able to go spend time with your wife. I actually have time today. I've, I'm kind of on my own today, so that's good. Oh, but look at um, you all by yourself. Yeah, if yeah, hopefully Neth is and you know, Neth is kind of Neth been out alive, for yeah. half the show, but she is still there. She just 
having some health issues and it's okay. Just um, a little under the weather today. Yep. But I, I just want to end the show with my, my takeaway for the show. Gavril is Ellie. Did you get your fucking rambling rant, uh, rabbit holes? Did you get what you're looking for? Is this what you wanted? Is this what you wanted? Are you not entertained? Okay. All right, Russell Crowe. There you go. That's I'm done. Big shouty Australian man. <laughs> um, but no, I think that yeah, definitely. I think the best. Oh, sweet Jesus! I think the best course of action we could take would be to make sure that Chris is here for this conversation because it's two people that have knowledge of the conversation at hand rather than just one person sort of rambling through a list lb of uh the changes and trying to explain those changes i think that's i think that that does a disservice to the discussion that's going on in the community right now and i think it would do a disservice to us doing an episode because it's just me going down the list of okay here's what's changing in the ogl 1.1 yeah yeah, I think he'll Long add some short. of that commentary. I yeah, I didn't spend that much time uh, ranting about late stage capitalism. I uh, I mean, honestly, this whole conversation has been kind of symptomatic of late stage capitalism, sir. Um, I do believe I did spend my requisite half hour complaining about capitalism. So yeah. Um, what are your final thoughts, Gav? Uh, my final thoughts are. Find the point at which you are comfortable engaging with uh, uh, engaging with an entity and do whatever is morally and comfortably correct to you. You yeah. are the only arbiter of what is acceptable to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think like for me, it's have morals and have, have ground to stand on, you know, stand up for something, you know, like you have to, you have to be the one to have those standards to begin with, to be able to apply them to what's going on in the world and make the decisions that you're comfortable with. Um, I do have one other final thought. Sure. Um, strength to unity, solidarity, support your local union, and support unions worldwide. Happy? Happy boys? Happy, yeah. are, 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 are we happy now? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's very well established at this point that I support unions and union <laughs> shops. I'm pretty certain it's incredibly established at this point. <laughs> I'm 99% certain. But yes, um, no, yeah. Uh, good points. Um, I'm Canadian. That's Neth's final thought. <laughs> we can go ahead and end. Yeah. <laughs> um, all note. right. <laughs> all right, folks, that's going to be our show for this week to talk to you. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at Coast to Coast EU. Kevin is at Swing Cat with a K. Chris is at Akari underscore Lich. I, of course, am at Am I Witty Yet? Neth is at Neth Winch. But I don't know how much longer we're going to keep Twitter handles in there because Twitter is a fucking cesspool. Um, 
Uh, send emails to feedback at coasttocoasteu.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us live on Saturdays. We're recording and streaming the show here on twitch.tv slash cctcu. Ctceu. Making sure that's very clear because I kind of stuttered. I just got to slurred through that. Ctceu. Uh, for links to today's show and for a link to our Discord, you can visit the website at www.coasttocoasteu.com. Um, shoot us a review, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, however it is that you get these words delivered into your head. Um, say solidarity, boys and girls. Solidarity, boys and girls. Shut the fuck up, Kevin. <laughs>